down, left, right, A and start. It's time for another episode of This Game Where with myself, Chris, and... Ashley! Who winced at that. Yeah. That was a good one. No. They're all good. No. They're all good. <laughs> I, what I'm wondering is what happens when we get to episode 50. I am How already, many of them have we got? I am already scraping the barrel Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> that was a Sonic reference, just so you know. Say it again. Up, down, left, right, A and start. Sonic okay. 1, level select. All oh, right, okay. That sounds like a boxed version of the Konami Code. The Konami Code is on the list for a future episode. Great. Okay, what episode is that? Next episode? Um, yeah, next one I do. Uh, okay. So, how are you, Ashley? Yeah, I'm all right. I don't know if the viewers want to know how I am or why you're asking me how I am. Well, you're supposed to be asking a question now, aren't you? Am I? Yeah. Okay, well, we could we could maybe just do a, a chat about not games today. Maybe we could just talk about you and me. <laughs> no, that'd be really boring. Especially on this game where podcast. That's true. Okay. Chris. Yes. Hello. You were supposed to bring something for us to play today. I have. Uh, do you want to tell us what you've brought? Yeah. Using the, the parameters of the podcast. Yeah. All right then. So, this week, I have brought this game where you play as a sidekick. I'm not interrupting you. Is that all you've given No, me? I'm leaving dramatic pauses. Oh, no. <laughs> I should have probably said what console it's for as well. Actually, that's probably quite important. Okay, so it came out on the Game Gear. It was released in 1995. It's this game where you play as a sidekick. It is an action RPG platformer. You go around picking up items. To be honest, I don't know if you know this game. You look very perplexed. I don't know it, but it might just be that you don't know how to describe things. So yeah, Apple yeah. like a. Are you trying? Are you trying to perplex thing. me? Are you trying to keep it from me, or are you trying to clarify? I don't really know. You don't know. I'm using the this game where. I know. Frame. Yeah, I know. I'm doing a really bad job of it, aren't I? Not a bad job. No, doing a job. You're doing a job. Yeah. Do you want to say what the game is? Yeah. Because yeah, I don't know what it is. No. So, it's called Tails' Adventure. Right. No, I don't know that. Is that uh, Sonic's Tails? It is. Psychic. Right. Okay. And it was for the Game Gear. It was. Okay. Because you are one of the only fans of the Game Gear that still exist. That are still alive today. I don't know if I'm a fan of it. I sh- no, I suppose you I am. You used to it's keep... The- yeah? You used to keep your Game Gear in a drawer next to you while you were at work. I did, yeah. Because it was a, a good thing to play on. So, this was... Uh- uh, hang on, no. It was a good little blast from the past. It, right, okay. I can maybe accept Nostalgia. That. It was never a good thing to play on. No. And so, just to give some context to the Game Gear, it was quite famously Sega's rival to the Game Boy. I got my Game Gear for my eighth birthday, so that would be July 1994, and I remember going on holiday, and it was so it had the, the colour screen. Mm. Took it on holiday, sat on the back of the car playing it. And your car Six. broke down because the battery broke well, down. I don't know. I'll see what you did then. But six AA batteries, how long do you think they would last? Half an hour. Longer than half no, an hour. No, it wasn't. It wasn't longer she than half an, hour. half an hour. Oh, well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't she half, was half an it hour. It was half an hour, yeah. For six AA batteries? Yeah. Crikey. Yeah, because it was, you said it was famously the uh, rival to the Game Boy. Yeah. It was famously. Well, famously tried to be the rival to the Game Boy. It was famously the biggest battery drain of yeah. of the decade, maybe the century. It, it ate batteries like... Pac-Man. Yeah, it eats... Cookies or whatever they are. Disco pills. Disco pills. Yeah. Is that, that's not what they are. No. I don't even think that's a phrase and they just made that up. Mm, I think disco, you're, you're not smart enough to make, <laughs> make up disco pills. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I... Yeah, you were saying about how you took so the Game, the game, game Gear on holiday. And then when I moved house, I found the Game Gear and I brought it into work. This was, uh, let me think, 15 years 
after the first buying it, 2009, 2010. Yeah. And... Uh, I had it with the paradoxes plugged into the wall. Yeah, and I remember in the office that you and I worked in, really struggling to play on it because of the the bright office lights, having to hold it at a stupid angle to which, so I could actually see the screen. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to the Game Gear, that was the same for any handheld. Was up, it really? To, yeah, for a long time. I think the DS still had a problem with... Oh, okay. Even the DS was backlit. No, the original DS. Was it backlit? I've no idea. I've had one. Well, I've got one somewhere. Uh, but I'm not going to run around looking for it. But I, I distinctly remember I bought my DS in 2006 because I was going to look at universities and I thought it would be a good thing to play on the train. That's fair enough. Turns out it wasn't that good a thing to play on the train because I had the same glare problem. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't think we should not... We can bash it for a lot more things than, than the, screen. the glare yeah. on the screen. That wasn't its worst problem. Its worst problem was that you couldn't play more than half an hour. <laughs> I got I got a shonky one as well. What do you mean? Game Gear. Yeah, I knew what you meant there. <laughs> yeah. So... I mean, explain. There was... I can't remember the problem. So I got it for my eighth birthday, and for some reason or another, it didn't work properly. I can't remember what the, the, the problem was, but I remember my dad taking it back to... Um, they got it from Curry's, the chain of electronics stores in England. Yeah. Is this still around? Curry's? Yeah. Curry's PC World. Oh, yeah. emerging at Curry's PC World. And I can remember my dad then coming back with the Game Gear saying, oh, we've got your new one because the guy in the shop said it was a, a, a pirated one. And Pirated? Yeah. So how it ends up in the Curry's shipment, I don't know. I, I suspect it was... I think the man didn't know what we were talking I about. I think the man probably didn't know what we were talking about. But the second one I got, the, the non-pirated in inverted commas, it did come up with a little warning at the, the start that said, oh, this is an official Sega product. And that came up regardless of what game you played. The first one I played never came up with that warning. So maybe it was a pirated one. Okay, but even now they don't make... I mean, hardware was expensive to make. Mm. They Most hardware at that point was sold at a loss. Yeah. So why would anybody bother pirating a piece of hardware? I've got no idea. But Please. Riddle Me Re, why did the warning screen come up on the second one and not the first one? Riddle Me Re? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know because I wasn't there. We're not brothers. We're not. No. I, I, there you go. Just a little anecdote. Mm. It's not quite as bad as my PlayStation though, is it? No, that was, that was a new low. Yeah, did you... Because the game did work. I can't remember why Dad had to take it back. So... Did you three toys out of the pram? Maybe. Daddy, it doesn't tell me it's an official product! <laughs> that does sound like me. It does sound like you. Okay, so I got the game gear. <laughs> so I got the game gear for my eighth birthday, July nineteen ninety four. Tales Adventure came out in October nineteen ninety five in the EU. So I must have got it, I think, for Christmas nineteen ninety five. Sorry about that. It's all right. <laughs> I was yawning because <laughs> my previous game. Oh, um, so. maybe we should say this is the first time we've recorded in the morning. This is it, we're, what are we now? We've just gone nine o'clock on a on a Sunday morning, and usually we do these. Of an evening. Of an evening. Going into the early evening. So this is this is not... This doesn't feel right. <laughs> it doesn't, does it? No. And I keep yawning because I was up <laughs> before 8 o'clock. So <laughs> on a Sunday as well, of all things. I offered, actually, 5 o'clock, didn't I? You did. And I, I said I, you could I, come out at 5. Yeah, I don't blame you and I'm glad you did. <laughs> yeah. I'd be up at 4 o'clock. You'd be outside, I'd still be in bed. Yeah. So. What were you saying? <laughs> so I'm talking about Tales of Adventure. I'm not to yawn. So... When I was looking into this, I had a little bit of a, a revelation with this game because, and I'm going to use this term if I hate it, it is a Metroidvania. Is it really? It really is. Right, okay. So I said action RPG platform because in yeah. my head that was what, what it was. It was. Mm. And I thought about it a little bit when I was reflecting on the game and I had this little light bulb moment and realised it's a Metroidvania. So if I said to you, if I say Tales then is going around an open-ish world yep. that is somewhat labyrinthine. Yep. 
and he is finding different power-ups yep. that then unlock different areas of the game. In previously explored areas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what you do. So it's a Metroidvania. Yeah. I know. Mm, Starring Tales of the Fox that probably on the Game better. Gear in 1995. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool, isn't it? If Sonic had been a Metroidvania, it might be a good game. Maybe. Yeah. And that's why they chose Tales, because he was in, in the game, which you will see later on. He's a bit he's, slower. He is really slow, More but he's got this lovely walking animation. He sort of gambles along a bit, sort of plods. It's really, mm. the animation he goes through is really lovely. Okay. But the light bulb moment for me was because this was a Metroidvania, or is a Metroidvania, or roguelike, because I don't like that word, Metroidvania. Well, roguelike and Metroidvanias are different. Are they? Oh, yeah, the no, no. A, oh. a Metroidvania is what I've just explained. Right. What I've described. A roguelike is a game where you die multiple times and gradually sort of oh, beat yourself up. Like you Super Meat Boy? No. 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 Super Meat Boy is a platformer. Very right. Very platformer. With lots Ro- of things. Have you played Rogue Legacy? No. I remember you talked about it in the Gremlins 2. I mentioned it, didn't I? Yes. Um, Rogue Legacy, you are a knight, and you go in, you venture into this castle, and the castle is procedurally generated, but there will be the same bosses, uh, the same, yeah, the same bosses, the same enemies, and you fight those enemies, and you collect up gold, and you then eventually, at some point, die. Right. And the game takes you back to the beginning, at which point it gives you the opportunity to purchase little power-ups. Oh, okay. And in in Rogue, in Rogue Legacy, there's like a chart of power-ups, and it goes up up a castle. If that if you played it, that makes sense. If you haven't, don't worry about it. Go go have a look. Well, I've not played it, and this sounds pretty good from what you just described. That yeah, so you might you might get a power-up that is for a certain set of weapons because you can also collect weapons right. in the in the castle when you fight the enemies. They drop weapons, so you might get a broadsword power-up that gives you five percent on broadswords, or you might get a piece of magic. You might be able to unlock a piece of magic by a piece of magic that you can use on your next uh, iteration of, of the castle. Right. So. You start off quite weak. You will only get two or three rooms into the castle. Maybe more than that if you're a bit better than Chris. But it's not really so much. You then power up on your next one. You might get three and a half rooms in. Right. And then over the course of maybe 50 runs, you will become so powerful that you can get to the end of the castle. You can beat the boss. It's not get tedious doing the first not, the rooms. Not Rogue Legacy. Ever. So everyone last year, I don't know if you have played I don't think you have played it. And I, don't, I wouldn't recommend it. But Dead Cells? No. So Dead Cells and Hollow Knight came out similar sort of times. Certainly, people were talking about them at similar sort of times. And I played Hollow Knight first. Loved it. I thought yeah. it was brilliant. And then played Dead Cells. And Dead Cells has got a roguelike element to it because you can you have this power-up system where right. you can... Yeah, you use, the, you use the Dead Cells that you collect as a currency to buy power-ups. Dead Cells... Yeah, it's, it's... In some ways, Dead Cells is a good game. But... In other ways, it's not not very good because the the actual progression feels a bit meh. Whereas in whereas in Rogue Legacy, technical term meh. Meh is a technical term in this case. Yeah, All right. In Rogue Legacy, it took me several hours to to sort of push my way through the castle. In Dead Cells, I got through the game my first time on normal setting. Uh, I got through the game, beat the end boss within five hours, less than right. And I never felt like I wanted to go at it again. Right. Whereas with Rogue Legacy, it was compulsive. Do you remember when you were playing Gremlins, actually, you had that moment where you were like, I said, do you want to stop now? And, I was and like, you said, no, 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 no I, I want to. Yeah. That's what Rogue Legacy was like. I, I had it on the PS Vita and on the PlayStation because it had cross saves. Right. Uh, so if Hannah was watching telly, I'd be on the PS Vita sort of having a go. And then as soon as Hannah came off the telly, I was straight off the telly. on the telly, yeah. yeah. 
up in a go. And it was weeks and weeks and weeks where I didn't play anything else. I just played roguelikes. Wow. There's another one called Flinthook, which was pretty good as well. Generally, I like roguelikes. Which um, I've learned to do from Metroidvanias. They are very different. There you go. Yeah. So I'm playing through Hollow Knight at the moment. Yeah, Metroidvania. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. And having looked back at Tales Adventure, like, like I said, for me, I was like, my boy, I was thinking, oh my goodness, I played the same structure of game, what we are now. 25 years earlier that's mm. well, 24 years earlier which I thought was odd and we, we said not odd, odd not odd that's the wrong word we said previously on the this well, world Metroid episode probably pre in fact Metroid predate oh yeah but I didn't have a SNES so I didn't play that no no my point is that I said on this world episode about how I had these furrows of games that I ploughed and really enjoyed yeah. them and for me it was because I thought Hollow Knight was a new type of game for me yeah and then I realised actually no it wasn't it was oh. a game style game structure that I played years way, and years way back earlier yeah. But the only reason I played that game, Tales Adventure, previously was because of Tales. I've said before about how much I loved Sonic. Specifically, I was really, really into, maybe the wrong word, into Tales. I think it was because the other No, I think that's the right word. That's the right word, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you're Not like way a, into a Tales. weird way. You're still weirdly way into Tales. I just thought he's a cool little guy. Yeah. I think it's the underdog aspect of it. You should see his face now. Lit up with glee. Yeah. So it's a whole game. Disgustingly with... so. No, not weirdly so. <laughs> Have you seen some of the Sonic fanfiction online, though? There is no. some weird stuff out there. So, yes, I do like Tales, but not quite the extent that some other people some other like people Tales. Do. Right. Yeah. Well, like what? Like erotic fiction. <laughs> right, okay. uh, Between Sonic and Tales. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. That happens with everything, though, doesn't it? It does. You can't... There are no... I don't think there's any property that exists, intellectual property, that exists that doesn't have porn of it. Toy Story. No, I bet you a tenor that has porn. Oh, that's... I bet you a tenor. We will, unfortunately, no, can we not? We will check. <laughs> it's not going to scar me. Yeah, we will. So we'll, like, we won't... Innocent we won't and literally childlike as, as Toy Story. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, I think everything. Probably everything. I don't like this conversation. You, if you think... No, I, I think maybe we shouldn't go too far into it. Yeah. But if you think about things like Barbie and Ken... Mm. They are taken as, like... You know, like, by adults. You know, like, maybe sometimes you find a... A person who has done themselves look like Barbie. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that is I guess clear so. signs that people fetishize and sexualize the children's media. I don't like this at all. Why? Scarring me. Well, I'm not saying I like it. <laughs> I'm just saying it exists. You seem to know an awful lot about it. Well, just saying. <laughs> Shall I talk some more about Tales Adventure? Please. Okay. So you you said earlier when you you outlined what your understanding of the Metroidvania is, it's pretty much what I've jotted down here about the the game. Mm. It has got. The where did arc- you find? Where did you figure out? At what point did you figure out that it was a Metroidvania? Because I'm playing Hollow Knight at the moment, and you said about to be a Metroidvania, mm. a, a genre I'd not really played before because mm. I didn't have a SNES, I didn't play Metroid. It's it's not something that really floated my boat. But I, I played Hollow Knight at your house in time here, yeah. and really enjoyed it. Right so now. I bought it and, and I, I'm enjoying it at home at the yeah. moment so it was then reflecting back on Tales Adventure made me think oh actually okay yeah so it was recently is what I'm getting at yeah it's when I was getting yeah, the, okay. the, the, the fact I realised it was a Metroidvania was when I was preparing for this podcast right I did okay. some preparation Excellent. so well done me so it has got the RPG elements you said about it's got a map screen so you can choose where to go within the game yep they're always useful. Yeah, yeah. The, again, we this is in danger of becoming a Hollow Knight uh, <laughs> episode. But I really like what Hollow Knight does with the map. The fact that it gives you it as a support, but then you have to fill it all out. You only get a portion of each. I do find it frustrating that you can't just bip about 
easily. You can't, oh, I'm here, I need to get to here. I'm there straight away. No you have to traverse through. I, I do find that annoying at times. Don't you think that that's an, a good... I like that part of the game. It makes you very familiar I, with the I, I like the it. Terrain, with the I level. think I've been spoiled by Breath of the Wild. Where You've you, been spoiled by lots of games. So many I games have. that you skip around. Yeah. Like Breath of the Wild is the one I've played most recently where yeah. it lets you skip around using that yeah. phrase. And I think Hollow Knight because it doesn't have that. And yeah. Have you ever not skipped around in Breath of the Wild though? Maybe called your horse instead and oh, yeah. from one end of the place but to the I was, other. I played Breath of the Wild as very much uh, right, I'm doing this thing, I'm doing this thing. I never really sort of wandered about. Having completed the game, I have I have, I've still played it and that is what I do now, just wander mm. about and take it in. But actually completing the game, playing the game, that's not how I played it particularly. Okay. When I played it, I... You soaked it up. Yeah, I tried to as much as I could. Mm. I tried not to do any skipping about. Not no fast travel. If I really couldn't be asked to walk somewhere, I would get in the fast travel. Course. So if you're over the top left of the map, where it's the, the snowy mountains, yeah. you, want, you need to get down to the bottom right corner, where you've got the, the beach and there's the yeah, I that, that area that was there. tropical jungle with rain. Yeah. You'd fast travel that. I probably would. Right. If, but equally, how often did you ever need to do that? Oh, no. I was just... Like, specifically go from there no, to there. It was usually, you get, for me at least, it was open up your map, look at what is there, uh, think, oh, that looks interesting over there. Mm. I'm going to go over there. And usually it was, I was looking at the area immediately surrounding me. So it was, there were no straight lines in my Breath of the Wild playthrough anyway. And it would, it, did you ever, did you ever get the DLC? No, I've looked at it a few times and just thought, oh, I don't know. Well, the DLC's good. Is it? Yes. Okay, that's good to It know. also gives you this little tool on the map that will chart a line drawing of your entire journey from start to finish. So if I've got the DLC now, would it then... Yes. Ret- really? Yeah. Wow, that's... Yeah, it's all recorded, I guess. In, wow. In, it's in a cool game. And it, it's brilliant to watch, actually. Yeah. It will be blipping around, sort of. I, for anyone that's listening to this and not in my front room at the moment... I'm wiggling my finger around in a random pattern. Yeah, with a very to try man- and show manic what, look on your face. What people's with panic look. Manic try and show what it looks like when this line is is showing you where you've been. Yeah, it, it sort of for a while it will work around this tiny little area when you're doing maybe a a, a dungeon. Mm. What are they called? Shrine. A shrine. I was thinking of the uh, divine beasts. That's what I was thinking. Oh, of. so like in a divine beast, you might wiggle around for a little while, yeah. maybe an hour or two, and then it'll just go. Whoop, like that over somewhere else. <laughs> right. And you'll wiggle around and then you'll die and every time you die it goes ah like that in Link's voice. It's really Yeah, it's great. I'll show you it. After. I'll, I'll yeah, I will show you it. See that. It's it's really good. It is really good. I might have to power up the Wii U though, because I played it all the way through on the Wii U. You and about three other people in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. The on tells adventure the map does have things appear during the course of the game. So you might do one area and then something will appear on the map. Uh, because you can be that area, if I remember rightly. Mm. I'm sure that happens. It has got the items after bosses or lying around in the game. So you, you mentioned power-ups. Yeah, that's like what it's got. Mm. You, you wander around, you find a power-up, you pick up. Oh, I can now go back to this previous area. I can get through this obstacle yeah. or whatever. I it's, think that's what I like about Metroidvania. And I, that's what I enjoyed about Tales of Adventure. The, the power-ups, there's a fairly limited number of them. I can't remember what number exactly, but... They, there were some quite special ones that linked to Sonic mythology, for want of a better word. So there was a Sonic power-up that was Sonic, and it could let you spin dash. Right, yeah. There was nice. one that was Knuckles that could let you then punch through walls. Mm. There was another one that was Fang the Weasel. Do you know him? Yeah, so you see, you're getting into... He into so he was when was Fang, Fang the Weasel Fang the Weasel. He was also called Knack. I'm not really sure why. So he was in 
Sonic Triple Trouble, which is a platformer on the Game Gear, and he was a uh, I bounty, think bounty hunter or treasure hunter, did, something like that. Did Triple Trouble come out for the 32X as well? Or, that was or Chaotix. The oh, Chaotix. Yeah. yeah, okay. Chaotix, that introduced some of the characters that have then become staples in yeah. huge games. It like was Amy? Was Amy in Chaotix? Amy was Sonic CD. Sonic CD was, you had, um, there was Mighty the Armadillo. I think Mighty was in Chaotix as well. Yeah, he was in Chaotix, yeah. yeah. And there was the Crocodile, Vector. There was Espio the Chameleon. Vector was in, oh, and the B. That was the B. Yeah, he's in Chaotix. I can't remember his name was. I there. can't remember. Chaotix is terrible. Have you played Chaotix? I tried playing it once and played it for about 10 minutes. And that's as a, uh, a hardcore Sonic yeah. fan. I, I, yeah, not. Hard, hardcore. Not in that way. Not in that way. Not in that way, no. Fang the Weasel, or Knack the Weasel, was this treasure hunter, I think, not a bounty hunter. And when you picked, had that item equipped, the enemies then dropped more rings, which was the yeah. like, same yeah. as Sonic. It was your, your health, essentially. So I liked how the power-ups linked to the Sonic mythology. No, mythology or canon. I think they're both probably wrong, but we'll go with yeah, them. Yeah, we'll go with them. You could only take certain items with you. You could only equip four at a time. So you Choices. would... you Exactly, there's the choice elements. And some of the uh, reviews... Presumably, though, actually, thinking about it, you are going to choose, in the same way that you would in Zelda game, you're going to choose the items that matter to the particular area you're in. Well, you might be playing through an area and then get to a bit and, oh, I need this type of bomb, because in the game, yeah. Tails throws bombs. So right. to get there's all different types of bomb. So you then have to then back out of the, the area. Yeah. To then go back into it. And if you, yeah, you're pulling a bit of a base at that. A few of the reviews I read about it, uh, said that was very clunky. Yeah, tedious. Yeah. Yeah. And with the Game Gear only having, a, I think I only had two buttons, you know, did I have two buttons, button one and button two? I can't think of any other consoles that have buttons labeled numerically. Yeah. NES. Did it? Mm. Obviously did. Yeah. Because nowadays they're all, you know, they're oh, and, they? and the Wii. Oh, yeah. So, a couple of other ones there. Yeah, possibly others. I thought it was unique. I just so, it wasn't unique. My so, you only had the two buttons, and one made you jump, one made you use whatever item you had equipped. So, the way to get around that, to choose different items, you have to pause the game, and then cycle through the items, and then unpause the game, which That's is... That's not bad. It's that not bad. That happens with, again, Zelda, Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, you have to pause to go into the thing. You've got, you only have two items, I think, in Link to the Past, don't you? Yeah, yeah I guess so. Point. So, so that doesn't sound so bad. It does sound bad that you have to backtrack out of an area. To go back into to, it. To grab yeah. something, to then go back into the area. Yeah, but I, that sounds... I don't, didn't mind that's the time. Okay, did you finish this game? Yes, multiple times. I, I really enjoyed it. How long does it take you if you could? On YouTube, there is a playthrough, a 100% playthrough, that is one hour and 16 minutes. Okay. I don't think I ever commuted it in that quick a time. No. I imagine that is someone that knows the game very well. Yeah. Presumably you were good enough at it, though, to... You knew the areas, you knew yeah. what you needed. I own. think playing it today is going to be quite the blast from the past again. Go through, oh, I remember this bit. Oh, if you go down here, there's this. I'm, I, I really think I'm going to have that, which I'm quite looking forward to, because I did enjoy this game a lot. Yeah. This what? is the first Sonic game that we've played. It is, actually, well. isn't it? That's a good point. Yeah. And not an, an actual, like, a inverted proper Sonic game. It's one I suppose a, a more not, no. underground one. Yeah. It has been linked to that being the underground one. It's been released a few times. It was included on Sonic Adventure DX as an unlockable. Okay. It was on the Sonic Gems collection. Or which one was that? So there was there were two of these released in the I'm early, early to mid-2000s. So the Sonic Mega Collection was the first one, oh, which no, was I the, the Sonic 1, 2, 3, Sonic and Knuckles, yeah. and I think for a Sonic CD as well. The Sonic Gems Collection, 
which was really weird because Gems and Mega are practically the same letters, just same you know, as Mega and Super. It just so why didn't they call it the Sonic Super Collection? Yeah, they should have. They should Gems, isn't it? Chaos Emeralds. I always assumed it was a link to that, and yeah. arguably on Sonic Gems Collection. Not all gems, because these are no. This is when it's more scraping the barrel. It was it was three play on this game, uh, Sonic Gems Collection, that I really got into Doctor One. It's Mean Bean Machine. Oh. That's a great game. It's that not series. that good though, is it? It is. How, how? I mean, unless I'm missing something about Mean Bean Machine, it's just a match colour matching game. It is similar to Doctor Mario. Had you not thought of that before? I hadn't, and you've you've stymied me now. Yeah, you're right. Because I think Doctor Mario came before. I think it did. Yeah, Mean Bean Machine was themed around the cartoon, wasn't it? Was it really? Mm. Don't I don't know. I used to love that cartoon. Was it the one with the chili dogs? Yeah, the more zany one. It's funny how whenever they they cartoonify these these products, these brands, Mario's or or Sonic or Link is the really good one that is in my head at the moment. They they have to have like the little quirky weird things, don't they? So what did Link have that was quirky and weird? Do you not remember? I never. Oh, you're going to make me say it. Yeah. Uh, he he would. Was he, he had a catchphrase? Oh. Do you not remember his catchphrase? Can I guess what it was? Yeah. Um, I'm the master. Of no, this. you're not going to get it if you don't know. The master shield. No, that's rubbish. That's quite good. I immediately, as you started talking, I thought you don't know. You've never seen this cartoon, have you? Is it's, it? You'll know it as soon as I say it. I'll I'll just say it. He goes, Ex- excuse me, princess. Oh, really? Yeah, have you not seen that? That's He's like a really snarky Link. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. So why do they make Link <sighs> Because that? I don't know. They seem to hand off the, the, the games to people that just didn't understand. Right, just wants a lot to churn out. To be fair, I really, as I say, I really liked the Sonic cartoons. I used to watch them on Saturday mornings mm. and things. And the Chili Dogs thing kind of fits in but with the whole 90s. Yeah, it does. And being super cool or whatever. As does Excuse Me, Princess. Yeah, but it doesn't, but that really, doesn't fit does the it? character. No, it doesn't fit if the character. If it's the time. Yeah. Even then, it's a little bit shonky. Mm. They were much better though. Is it on Netflix or anything like that? No, I don't think it is yet. But they are making on Netflix a Zelda live action series. Really? Did you not know that? No, I did not know that. Yeah, they they were talking about that last year. Wow. And I'm fairly certain that it's still happening. Are your hopes high or not? I think that Nintendo now have got a far better grasp yeah. on what they're trying to deliver from all of their characters. Mm. And therefore, they will produce it to the nth degree. They will produce it to within an inch of its life. Nothing like the Super Mario Bros. movie. Nothing no, quite no exactly. I tried putting that on the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. How about you get 20 very far. It was, So, uh, I'll keep this as brief as possible, but basically, we had Middle Christmas, which oh, we called Middlemas. Have half, I told you about this? Half Christmas. Ha, half Christmas, My mum yeah. used to do half Christmas. Did she really? June 25th. Did little Christmas well, yeah, dinner. yeah. It's the same yeah. sort of thing. We we did the same thing. Right. It was ba- it was because Hannah's nana. Hannah, for anyone, because I've called her my wife before, but now I've called her Hannah several times. Hannah is my wife for future reference. There we go. Hannah's nana at Christmas last year. She said at one point, she said, oh, "Why do we just do this once a year?" That's exactly what my, my mum said. She said, "Why do we do this once a year? Let's let's do it halfway through the year as well, and that's why half Christmas." Well, we did. I'm going to trademark that now in case other people. Well, I I trademark Middlemas. I made Middlemas songs. <laughs> Middlemas is better. Middlemas. Yeah. I made Middlemas songs. I took normal Christmas songs and I bleeped out the words Middlemas uh, Christmas and replaced them with Middlemas. I also did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's thing a psychopath would do. <laughs> I was doing it for fun. Uh, what references to snow? What did you change that to? Sun. Sun. Oh, no. So, 
Uh, I'll I'll tell you what I did with one of what them. What does Snowman become then? A Sunman? Sunman. Oh, yeah, so no. you know that song that goes, when the snowman brings the snow, yeah. it goes, when the sunman brings the sun. Oh, like that. No, I, I know, I know, like it's, that I know that it's dodgy, but the context is that I was bringing joy to other people. Joy? Confusion? No, they loved it. Do you know what else mm. I did? I, I got the Queen's speech. Oh, I recorded my own version of the Queen's speech oh. over her voice. Well, that says a lot about you, doesn't it? <laughs> what, what was in your speech? Uh, I talked about Prince Philip crashing his car. Okay, satire, good. Yeah, I said about how they have men to deal with that and Philip should have just carried on driving. I talked about the peasants. <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> I ridiculed the peasants because they didn't have as nice Christmas baubles as me, the Queen. What did... People loved it. I, right. I grabbed I grabbed a set of uh, television programmes, Christmas television programmes from the 90s. So I had the Generation Game Christmas special. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had... Well, I had the Gladiators Christmas special as well, which had celebrities on it, including Vinnie Jones, who started on... Wolf. They had a fight. The footballer. Vinnie James, the footballer. Yeah, Sorry, the actor. for the younger people, Vinnie James, the actor, the actor. Yeah. He was on X Men, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was Juggernaut. Yeah, that was it. Was it just the one X Men? Yeah, he was an X Men 3. He had that really rubbish line that everybody likes to quote. I think it's, was it, I'm the Juggernaut? Or um, something like that. Good impression. Was it? So he started on Wolf because that's his, that's his thing, isn't it? Being a, a hard man. Yeah. How did I go down with Wolf? I think it was all a bit put on. Right. A lot of it. A lot of gladiators was put on. Yeah. We are way away from Tales of Adventure. We really are. Point is, Middlemas, everyone should do it. The, uh, the Australian... Did you Turkey? Yeah, I did. I got a turkey thigh because I didn't want to go way over. Yeah. Much. I got a lot yeah, of yeah. That's After the Queen's speech and your, your bleeping CDs or whatever, that's not going to be I'm going to play you some. Please don't. I am going to play you some. I did a... This is the best thing I did. I did a whole rendition of Walking in the Air Right. With just me singing it. In in the high pitch. In a high pitch voice. Right. It was good. Uh, the point is, uh, I brung, I brung joy. <laughs> I brung joy <laughs> to, to the, the world. There you go. Tales Adventure. So Tales Adventure was on the Sonic Gems collection in the mid-90s, in mid-90s, in the mid-noughties, and it also came out on the 3DS in 2013. So I would imagine, for those people that still have a 3DS, it's still out there. Do you not have a 3DS? Yes, I have mine. I can't remember last time I played it, though. Years <laughs> ago. Neither. No, that maybe was... I don't think it was a mistake. There were some good games. Oh, there were some great games on on the 3DS. Mm, I nearly called it a mistake, but I was correcting myself before I did it. it superseded it. It was superseded, wasn't it, by the Wii U and the Switch, which tried to have a slice of that pie. You mean because of the handheld or dual screen? Yeah, not the dual screen so much. Well, Wii U had dual screens. What do you mean? The Wii U had dual screens. You had a big telly screen. Yeah. And that's generally the way that they used the Wii U. They yeah. Had, they had inventories on the mm. second screen. Some games didn't do it that way. Zelda famously didn't do it that mm. way. They were supposed to. They were. So it's on 3DS. I would recommend playing it still. I think it'd be nice to have got it now and just see if that memory is still true. Shall we, we? we can do that. Shall yeah. we go to it? We'll have a go now. Let's have a blue we'll go, go to them. Okay. Okay, we have now played through 
a bit of Tales of Adventure. Quite a bit of Tales of Adventure, actually. What do you think of it? Uh, yeah, I, I again, as seems to be the case with all the games that you choose, I quite liked that. It was a pleasant surprise because I don't really like or rate Sonic games. Which has been a bit of a bone of contention. Yeah, because you, you love Sonic games, I do. don't you? Yeah. I really do. I, we can talk about that eventually when we get to Sonic, I guess. Because I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm wrong. But, you know, <laughs> Whereas I can, think you are very wrong. The, the thing about Tales of Adventure is it's not really a Sonic game in the traditional mould. And that's why it's good that they have Tales as the star, as a sidekick. It, it, I would it, love to see Sonic do that. I like the fact that they tried to round out Tales and give him his own game, his own path to walk. But I would have also liked to see Sonic iterate on its design. But it was very slow, wasn't it? And would Sonic have fitted that game? No, it wouldn't, it wouldn't at all. So that's no. why they chose Tails. Yeah, no, you're right. You are right on that. Yeah. Definitely. You're completely right in that sense. It wouldn't have fitted the tone. But to see a Sonic Metroidvania might be an interesting... That would be an interesting to look for play. in the future, possibly. Yeah. Um, I did wonder, and I'm probably wrong about this, but I said to you while I was playing, almost immediately, actually, the game is level-based, rather than being sort of an open world that yeah. you traverse from one end to the other. It's got a, a, a map screen, so it's not an open world in that sense, but there is a map that you go to levels from. Yeah. So not a Trish-like world. But at space. the same time, it does have those elements of, that are Metroidvania, mm-hmm. uh, like the fact that you will grab a, an item, get an item, be, be bestowed an item, yeah. that then allows you to go back to previous levels that you played and get to places that you never could get to before. So the one that I got and had a good play with was the Napalm Bombs that in the first level, almost immediately, I came up on some grass that I couldn't get through. The napalm bomb, you go back to that level, you can get through the grass, get to a new area of that level that you couldn't get to before. Yeah. And the robot as well uh, had elements of that. I just like how it does that. You, you've got those things there, and you make mental notes of them, right, yeah. so to come back later. I, I like that. I, I really do like as well. That. I think it's a really satisfying way to design a game. We've talked previously about exploration. Exploration is it's just it's just instinctively a really fun thing to be doing. Whether you're doing it on a television screen or out in the real world, exploration. Have you ever heard of geocaching? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so geocaching. I've got a friend who, um, him, him and his uh, his partner, his wife, they, um, when they first got together, they were really into geocaching. Mm. I think he hid, when he proposed to her, I'm sure there was something about how he hid the ring. In which a quite, geocache. Which quite Very risky. risky. <laughs> uh, I think he did it. And this is years ago, but about 10 years ago. I think he, he hid it and then like went straight around to her house and said, right, we're going to you go now. We've got to go now to this place. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine the anxiety. Like, oh God. Yeah. What if someone's... Can you imagine if he turned up and she opened it and someone had signed the little note to say they've got the ring? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's a good way to do it, but but high risk. Definitely high risk. Do geocache? Oh yeah, you can... Because there's a... There's a an app associated with geocaching, oh, really? so you can. There's somewhere around this area. I've had a little look. You can get a free version, or you can pay a monthly oh, okay. fee. And uh, the only time I've geocached was when we had to go to Liverpool, me and my brothers. Right. And we, I took him geocaching around Liverpool in the middle of Liverpool. Yeah, around the wow. dock, around oh. uh, King Albert Dock, whatever it's called, oh, Albert Dock. Let's yes. call it Albert Dock. I should know because my wife's family are uh, her maternal side are all from Liverpool. Are they? I didn't I'm, know that. Um, and, yeah, the name escapes me now. Yeah, I think it's Albert Dock. Yeah, we won't, we won't be very cross me about remembering. We were it's around really, the dock area. It's really lovely around there. Where the, it is. the Beatles Museum is. That's, yeah, that's right. We were around there. The first one that we, I think it was a travel lodge that we met him in. I think I've stayed in the same travel lodge by the, by the dock. 
Yeah, yeah, I've stayed there too. Yeah. So we, I'm we that's where we stayed, and we met him there, and then we came out there, opened up the geocaching app, and followed one to a bench. We'd never done it before. <laughs> right. It was just a bench uh, on next to next to the next to the dock, looking over at the boat. We were being a bit coy about being seen <laughs> to be geocaching. Was the thing because they call them muggles, don't they? they yeah, so, that sounds about right. Yeah, they, so geocaching for anybody that doesn't know, because this is not. Yeah, if you don't know, you listen to. I'm going to relate it to the game. I right. will relate it That's to the game. That'd be nice. And explain why I brought it up. But geocaching is this thing, is this pastime that people have, where they go and they plant little boxes or caches in different, in in obscure places, and then other people go and find those boxes, and they maybe write their name on a little note. Or I I did find in one of them a little token. Yeah, I was going to say our understanding was it of it was that it's very trinket based you might hide something yeah. and then if you find something you then take it but then you replace it with something of your you own you can do that some right. some boxes are tiny little sort of big as your finger right. boxes and they'll just have a little rolled up scroll that you put your name on to right. say that you found it you can also go on a website and say oh I found this geocache but others they might be big boxes and they might have lots of mm-hmm. little trinkets in painted stones or whatever yeah. that you like but this one uh, when we went we found this bench, and we didn't really know where it would be, but we also didn't want to crawl around on the floor looking for it. No, that's not weird. Understandable. I ended up just going for it and right. found, found it under the bench. And actually, so what was it like, sellotape at the bottom of the bench? It was it a was magnet. It was wow. a magnet. They put a magnet on the box and a magnet on the bench, and then you popped that's it. It was cool. tucked right behind the leg. And then, so that was the first one we found. And the feeling that you get from finding it is actually quite a nice. Is it do- dopamine, isn't it? Yeah, yeah a bit, a do- dopamine bit of a dopamine. Hit. Right. The next one we found was... Do you know where the arena is in Liverpool? No, I don't. Okay, so there's the a big arena in Liverpool, and it's right on the uh, edge of the Mersey. And there's benches along the Mersey as well. And then there's a rail along the Mersey. Right. And on that rail that's along the Mersey are signs. says don't swim or whatever. And this box was behind one of the signs. And oh, when wow. I got hold of this... When I got this box, got it open, there was a little token in it. We, we took this box... Sat on a bench and had a little look, wrote our name on the scroll. Right. At the same time, some police pulled up behind <gasps> us in a van. Were they going to get you for geocaching? We didn't, we didn't know because we'd never done it before. <laughs> we we didn't know. They seemed to be watching us and we were just <laughs> sat on a bench. But we had looked suspicious because yeah. I'd been crawling around underneath another bench. Right. Pulled out a box, put it back up there. Yeah. And then I'd just gone behind this uh, and got one from behind Did the sign. Did they talk to you? No, they didn't. They were oh. just having their dinner in the end. <laughs> but we sat on this bench, not moving, not putting the box back, not not going somewhere else for about half an hour because we thought the police yeah. were after us. So, yeah, geocaching. Recommended to anybody. It is. So how in the blue blazes does this link to Tales' adventure? So it is, it's sort of like Metroidvania. It's the same dopamine hits that you get in when you're finding new places in mm. Metroidvania. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I was thinking. The fact you've, you've got this, oh, that means I can do this now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I can see that. I think so, anyway. That's good. Is that tenuous? No, I liked it. That was okay. a good little bit of, bit of anecdote there. All right, cool. Thank good. you. Um, and I think we've made it clear that to, to be listening now, I think we've explained the game enough for people to have a bit of a sense as to what the game is. Would you agree? Possibly. Kita Metroidvania, that's essentially what it is. It is, it is, it, except it's level based. Starring Tales. He looks really nice in this game, doesn't he? The animation. He does. Can we just go back to the level based thing? No. Because I said it twice. Go on then. It's level based. <laughs> it's level based, and that's the only odd thing that I've never come across with a Metroidvania, because usually they are sprawling, um, zoned areas, uh, worlds that you 
traverse from one end to the other, or could traverse from one end to the other if you so wish. Whereas the map on this makes it easier to to bip about. To... Yeah, you, but equally, does it? Because I can use that word bip about. I, uh, I don't think that's a word. You may it, but it works. I you understand what I mean? Don't I you? do. Yeah, right. He's got added to a dictionary. Yeah, we can, or or the real dictionary. Yeah, we know people. Alex Swan did that from Taskmaster. Right. He he wrote a book about it called Word Watching about how he's trying to invent a new word and get it into the OED. Okay, did he succeed? Uh, he, went on, he went on Countdown as well. This is kind of, this is a long time ago. He's written two books and then he got rid of the Taskmaster. So he did one called Bird Watching. Or no, it's, it's called, I'm going to rephrase that. It was called Bird Watching Watching. It was about him and his dad. His dad's really into bird watching. Yeah. Going out and like enjoying bird watching with his dad. And then the other one's called Word Watching, where he tried to get this word in. And he started off with, he, he came up with 10 words, I think, that he was trying to get, that he, he chose from. Let's try and get to the dictionary. One of them I still use. It's, it, he said it was a family word, but I have heard other people use it. It's rootal. So if you're looking mm. for something, you know, rootling around, around somewhere. in the drawer. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. And then the one that he decided to go for in the end was the word honest, but to mean someone who was quite large. So like Vanessa Feltz, surprisingly honest. Oh, I don't like you it. You are down with that. No. 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 I think the one he went for was Chris Moyles, because he, he, he found it quite amusing, the idea of honest having these, this double meaning. I think he, is he work, I think he's working on a third book. Really? Yeah. He's in the Taskmaster book as well. Oh no, I mean, sort of in the, in the series. He's, it's all about, um, the underground areas in our country. Right. Like the sewers. Okay. I can he's see got this, a whole I, chapter. I can see where this is going. He's got a whole chapter on how sewers are generally portrayed as green spaces. Right. And I think it's called, is it called turd watching? <laughs> I think it's called turd watching. Yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah, well. I think yeah, because there's word watching, there's bird watching, watching, and then the third in the series is is turd. So the good thing with that is how I genuinely believed you until, <laughs> until I kind of realised that. Oh yeah, except for Namala. Yeah, no, I'm, I think that's true. I'm yeah, I'm asserting that it's definitely true. Right, that's true. He's he's writing a book called Turd Watching. Yeah, how do we answer that? I wish I knew. Yeah. <laughs> You asked me, you wanted, I went back to levels, but Bipping you about. wanted to... Making it words. You wanted to move on, actually, to talk about how it looked, didn't you? Yeah. So, yeah. And it, I don't blame you, because it was a really nice looking game. For a Game Gear game? Yeah. Well, not not for, not just for a Game Gear game, just just for a game. You know, it looked, they've done a good job of the animations. They, and you got to see more character, actually, mm-hmm. in... Tales than you ever have in any other game before. Because usually it's just bumbling around yeah. after Sonic. The, the the flying, for example. Yeah, I really like the way that they showed how much energy you had. Left. Yeah, you did, the thing is, you had the energy bar to show you, oh, this is how much energy you've got left. But you didn't necessarily need to look at that because there were three phases as he as he went from max energy to low energy. So when you obviously Tales flies in Sonic games, when you fly. Uh, at the start of the game, you have a little bit of energy that he can fly with, and straight away and his looks default exhausted. animation is exhausted because it doesn't have much energy. Mm. As you traverse through more of the game and collect more Chaos Emeralds, you get more energy, so he's, he is able to fly for longer. And at the end of the game, when you've got as much energy as possible, his initial flying animation is his really determined, he's frowning, yeah. his, his, his body... He's got his tongue out, he's voice. sort of sticking his tongue looks, out like he's yeah. focused. And then as the energy depletes, then goes to a fairly standard how he looks in the Sonic games and then as the energy gets lower and lower he's then starting to pant and looking really tired and the way to see him visually go through his three levels of animation it's really nice isn't it? Yeah it really is. So shall we talk a bit about the password system as well? Yeah. Clunky. Yeah not great is it? I, Necessary. I don't know that we made 
that much use, the right kind of use for it, because we, we had passwords pre-ready, didn't we? We, we, we did. lined up some passwords. What, one of the passwords was for, to unlock all the levels so we could have a little bip around. Thank to you. Have a, <laughs> to, to get to the, le- to the later levels. But you did play a bit of the game before that and then we then used yes, the password yeah, yeah. to unlock um, the rest of it. Yeah, we had that one lined up, but, the password system, from by all accounts, it, it, you go back to the house and you can request a password at any point and it will give you a code that then relates to the items you've got, yeah. the levels that are unlocked. So that kind of works. The problem that I have with it and the problem that I have with passwords a lot of the time is that this one, it was 16 characters long, putting in your credit card information. Yeah. That's how it felt. Oh. It was just, it was too much. And on top of that, the way that you had to scroll through yeah, the letters and the numbers just takes a bit of bit too long. I also read online researching for this that there's a, a bug in the game where when you own the password string, you can't then back out of it if you typed an incorrect password or whatever. You right. Can, we you should have said that. We should have had a test. We you'd have to then turn the console off and on again. That is rubbish. It is rubbish. Yeah. But we found a few little bugs like that. Well, oh, yeah. There were a few. Egregious a few. bug. But there were some other ones, weren't there? Yeah. The one that I found quite strange was that the the UI, the HUD, mm-hmm. was clipping behind some of the textures. So you would go into a tree trunk, you would as you were navigating through this tree trunk, all of your HUD would disappear behind the textures. Not I, great. I'm sure that would have been noticed. That was in the first level. Oh yeah. Yeah. Who's who's testing that game? Yeah. I certainly wouldn't be proud of that work. Well, it was made by only nine people, so maybe we could uh, give them benefit of the doubt. Nine people. Yeah, nine people this one. Nine people with seven people thanked. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding at all. So it was two people, and then they thanked seven people. No, no, no. There were nine people that made it, okay. and then they thanked seven people on top of that. Ah, right. Okay. I don't know why. No. <laughs> lots. They're, what did they deserve? <laughs> lots of for. cups of tea. I'm, I'm going to see without the, the, the thanks. If they get is thanked, always they just making cup, cup tea. Of tea makers. Yeah. Okay. I see. In my head, that's how yeah. that works. I were there any other bugs that we noticed? I don't think it was bugs so much that bothered me as as it was the actual game design. It suffered in a few places from this idea of the de- devious developer that <laughs> was around. A lot of a lot of our sort of childhood games were developed in this way, where the developer was almost trying to thwart the player. Yeah, they weren't trying to give the player a fun experience. They were trying to challenge them, but sometimes that got that went beyond the pale. Trying to throw you off deliberately. Yeah, but. But yeah, in really, in really devious mm. ways. So, what the the first example of this in this game that I came across was this situation where it had a hole which you had to drop down into. But underneath the hole, you couldn't see the obstacles underneath the hole. There were some spikes and there were some safe platforms. But until you dropped down, you didn't know what was there. No. So that was an obvious and blatant ex, uh, example of the de- developer just being devious for the sake of being devious and there was a level where you were trying to traverse across a pit and fell down a hole in the pit and it just threw out the level didn't it yeah which was a really odd yeah. design choice I, I wasn't that far through the level but even so but then the principle of i think it took you i don't know, say three minutes to get there because a little puzzle you had solved to get yeah, there yeah there was and then yeah you fell down I this again because i fell down a platform that seems a very strange choice yeah and and actually i didn't fall down by accident, I thought there might be something down yeah. there because there's this mismatch between when there is. Sometimes there is stuff down the, the holes, and sometimes there isn't. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no telegraphing of that no. for, for the player. So you just have to see. You just have to see. You just have to throw yourself down, and then if they punish you by throwing you out the level, making you do it again, Very that's ridiculous. 
especially when the exploration is the point. Yeah. So you, the phrase you said, which that, I think though, is I a really think... good one, was it was game designers learning their trade. Yeah, this I... is a game from 1995 when games in that sort of way hadn't been run very long. Nowadays, a game I don't think would make that decision. I think they're a lot more forgiving. No game worth its salt these days yes. would do that sort of thing to you. There it's... are some that, yeah, I, I think that's totally right, actually. I was going to try and clarify a bit, but I think I think that's right. There are some games that are challenging, but they don't rely on the tricksterism that games tended to fall into. I don't know if this is unfair, but I sometimes think that it was games that didn't know what else to do with themselves yeah. to, to challenge the player. If you think about, I know this is a relatively modern game, but if you think about Super Meat Boy, mm-hmm. which I think of as a fairly, a very, an excellent example of platforming at its best, mm-hmm. because it's all, it's all very pinpoint precision and precise. Yeah. Very, very challenging, but equally very easy on the player because all it does is put you back at the beginning of a level. Levels aren't massive, long, trawling things. So it, it's instant, instant. So you fell the level, you straight back at the start, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And it's not like being thrown out of the level, having to navigate yeah. through the system to get back into the level, and then having to do puzzles and things. It's very, very fast. Everything's very fast. Yeah. Which is awesome. Tells himself his, his animation was lovely, but he walked so No, oh, that's not what I was getting at. What I was getting at was that... Um, it's the, the puzzle having to then restart yeah, the having to do, again. Yeah, having to do it all over again. Games wouldn't do that. Games now, they try and be masters of their genre mm-hmm. instead of being tricksters, which is what this game is doing yes. in, in places. There was the other thing. This was developers maybe not necessarily knowing what else to do in a situation. There was... Oh, I don't know what it was, to be honest. Maybe you can explain it, or maybe someone else has an idea of why they did it. But there was a hole where you had to traverse over the hole. But if you tried to fly over the hole, this wind barrier stops you from flying, and then you drop down the hole into spikes. But you, it, you could jump over the hole. So it had given me this tool, which is an intrinsic part of the character, flying. And then arbitrarily, at one point, in it this just decides... In this situation, at this moment not in time, to you're not allowed to use it. Yeah, it was odd. It was it, a very strange decision, mm-hmm. and I don't know why it didn't. I didn't necessarily... I don't remember coming coming across it again either, so it wasn't a design... There was that puzzle, the puzzle you had to restart a few times because of this hole that you fell down. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you noticed that it happened in that as well. So in this puzzle, you had to send your little robot off to go... Um, through a, a tunnel to push a rock down for you to climb up yeah. to go up. If you tried to fly straight up that particular, yeah, water, yeah, yeah, the wind was there as well. So it seems to only. But there's a barrier. It was they were using times. it as a barrier, and I yeah. know that they used it as a barrier in certain places. It just and strange. I didn't have a problem with that. What I had a problem with was this situation where it tried to force you just to jump rather than to fly. What's the point? Giving someone a tool and then taking it away in such an arbitrary manner—that's mm. the problem that I have with it. Not that I had to jump it. It's that it's yeah, it's the arbitrariness of it. It's just, it just seems like bad design, a poor design choice. Not, I think again, it's that point, isn't it? Game designers learning how to do it. Yeah, but equally, we're past that point now. Yeah, and actually, if it was happening, in, we don't necessarily have to bash it. But one of the things in ukulele, which we meant, we took <laughs> fun. I, I thought you'd be nice to the developers. I'm just playing a raspberry. <laughs> oh, right, okay, all right, fair. Um, ukulele. One of the things that is a problem with it is its arbitrary use of its tools. So there is there are 
couple of ways to break glass in ukulele. One of them is with a sonar yeah. tool. And one of them, I think, is by rolling into glass cubes. Oh, I, I don't remember to that level, to be honest. Okay. There are, it's also a more impact There are sheets of glass and there are cubes of glass. <laughs> right. And there are times when hitting the sheets of glass with sonar is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And there are times when bashing it or rolling into it is what you're supposed to do. But the game is... It didn't tell you which was yeah, the correct because, situation. Because it... it it hasn't chosen its uh, design language properly. Mm. It's decided that at some points you're going to have to roll into them and at some points you're going to have to use your sonar. It really should have just been straight down the line. If the glass is sheets, then it's sonar. If the glass is cubed, then roll yeah. or whatever. That that sort of streamlined game design, it makes choices in the game intuitive mm. rather than whatever the opposite of intuitive is. But intuitive... <laughs> Iterative, like having to go through, try different things. My assumption, my natural assumption, if I came up against something that had worked in the past but isn't working here, would be that it can't be done. Yeah. Because there were a couple of times linked to this point that there were walls that you could, Tails could walk behind. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that, actually. That was bad to find. Yeah, because the walls themselves blended in completely with the areas around yeah, them. And the so example, there was no sign given to no. say you could walk behind this wall, but you couldn't walk behind this wall. No, and it's not... So the thing that I linked it to was actually the Sonic games. So in Sonic games, there are secret spaces in some of the walls. Yes. Secret cavities, and you might find a life in there, or mm-hmm. you might find some extra rings, or you might find a bonus stage. Whereas in this, it was integral to get through the level, yes, wasn't it? Exactly. It was, where it was you just to go. part of the path that the designers wanted you to go through. But I was certain before you said, I was in a pit. Yes. I was in a pit with a spring in the middle of it. And the spring was telling me as a gamer, the spring was saying, you're going up now. You've got to go up. So I was jumping on this spring trying to get up. And actually the wind was blowing me yeah, it was. It was wind, down. Wind again, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was stopping me from going up. And at no point did it really occur to me to try and break the boundaries of this pit. Well, because why it, would you? Yeah, exactly. The the walls looked like solid walls. The yeah. same walls that had been solid elsewhere in the game Precisely. were solid here. And it was only when you said to me, try walking through one of those walls, that I did. And then I thought, that silly is wrong. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just wrong. If it was a secret area, like in Sonic games, then I understand because it's it's rewarding your sense of mm-hmm. exploration, mm-hmm. your your ability to. Sonic games never did it good, though. That's the thing. What do you mean? Explain that. So Sonic games, they they did just have these are again are fairly arbitrary spaces that you had to find, and if you knew where they were, great. If you didn't, then you might happen upon them by accident and remember afterwards. And what's the problem with that though? There was no telegraphing. There was no. There was no. There was no conversation with the player. So if you go to some of the New Super Mario Bros. games, their level design clued you in to certain places being secret areas. You might have a little nick out of a tiny little nick that you have to notice, or you might have a certain way that a a pit is shaped mm. that suggests to you this might be safe mm. to go down. This might be rewarding to, to try and get into. And I think Super Mario World as well, one of the things that I remember is with the switches, there was a there was a level where you once you turned the green switch on in Super Mario World, you had these little triangular green blocks and if oh, you, you ran at them fast, the wall. you could run yeah, up the wall. Yeah. So so you went through this level that you saw these triangular green blocks that you didn't know what to do with yet, and you saw as well the outlines of the as yet unturned yep. on 
uh, green switches. So dotted out line, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. So you make a mental note of that. To come back to that later. I'm going to turn the green switch on. I'm going to come back and maybe there'll be something there. You then, after that level, you learn how to use those yeah. uh, little green triangles to make you run up walls. So you, you're equipped over a period of time with all the information and knowledge that you need to then go to put two and two together and go back to that level and find a secret key and a secret um, a secret doorway. Whereas in Sonic, there was none of that, none of that in Sonic. There no, was no uh, keying in, no cluing in. It's a fair point. Yeah, I will. I will stand with you on that one. Whereas maybe Son, maybe Mario never did it in the first level. So in Super Mario Bros, the first game on the NES. You could in the underground levels you could oh, go and pop and over, yeah, yeah, run along and go down yeah. and skip whole worlds. Didn't really clue you into that. How did you find out about that? Was it? I think from your friends. Sort of no, thing? I think it was just testing the boundaries of oh, the game. Really? So you you know that you can break blocks, and yeah. the roof is made of blocks. It is. So the start of that journey of finding things out is getting to a, to a point where you can break the blocks in the roof to then skip the level by running along mm. the roof. To the very end. So I only said because it was, uh, I mentioned my childminder previously who I played on the SNES, mm. uh, the NES in her bedroom. And it was her son who said, oh yeah, you can go up there. And it just made me think he's one of those things that would be like an urban myth. Oh yeah, like, definitely. It will have spread that way. Percolated yeah. through yeah. The, the, the world. Yeah, but equally, I think that you can, you naturally, once you start to test the boundaries of the game in that way, you might accidentally happen upon that. And in that example, Mara, that rewarded you for doing that because it you came to those warp pipes, didn't you, to yeah. skip ahead? To, to different worlds. You could get through the game very quickly, yeah. all the way to the end of the game. But it didn't clue you in, in the same way that I'm saying that Sonic didn't necessarily clue you in. Tell there the were clues well. there in some ways, but not not obvious ones. Hmm. Um, Mario, though, learned, it's learned from those situations. And as it moved forward, it iterated. So Super Mario World dealt with it differently. And then New Super Mario Bros. deals with it differently again. Sonic, and this is one of the problems that I've outlined to you about Sonic anyway. Sonic is stuck where it always has been. It's the only time that I feel like Sonic has made a huge leap forward was Sonic Mania. Yes. And that was made by people. That was by made fans. by fans. Yeah. People who know why the game um, was good. It's the first one I enjoyed. That at the moment, there has been no announcement of a Sonic Mania 2. I'm very surprised there hasn't been an yeah. announcement of a Sonic Mania 2 because of how well received Sonic Mania was. Mm. I really hope that would happen. I think it will happen. Something's going to happen with that particular team. They they deserve it, if nothing else, because yeah, they've revitalised Sonic. There is a whole other conversation that, again, we will have to have when Sonic comes around about Sonic Mania and Super Mario Odyssey and the different trajectories that yes. the games have taken with their... Uh, with their histories. I think Kotaku could do an article. I think they did. Oh, we had that conversation prior. Yeah. I, I we, we did it, it first. We did. <laughs> we did, genuinely. I outlined it all to you by text message or something like that. Yeah. And then a few months later, I sent you the same article on I, I remember it well. Yeah. Maybe they're listening to I conversations. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think they are. But it, it makes a lot of sense and we'll get to it with, with Sonic. We should do Sonic soon, I, I feel. I've been holding off side because I think it's it's an obvious choice. It's an obvious choice. Yeah, but we did, but we did Gremlins two instead. Huh? We did Gremlins two yeah. instead. You you want to wait till we, you find out what we've got next? Oh crikey! Yeah. Well, shall we wrap up Tales of Adventure? Yeah. Then, I, so the question is: Would we recommend that game to people now? I would. Uh, watching you play it again, then I really enjoyed seeing it again. The the music was quite a trigger for me because I could remember the the tunes of, of some of the levels, which was a really mm. nice. 
memory for me. As I said... Who are you recommending it to, then? People that played it in the past? Because that is all nostalgia-driven. It is. I think... Use that term again. Metroidvania fans, if you have enjoyed that type of game, I think this is this is a, a game that you would similarly enjoy. I would recommend it to people that are interested in the history of games. Yeah, as I was saying that, I was thinking in my head, actually, I'm going to rephrase that. If you enjoy Metroidvania games, it will be worth visiting as a... To see where they were to at see some where, point. Exactly, yeah. to see where they started. Not started. No, no, no. But not where started. they were at a certain point in time. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think that's I think that's who's interested in this game. Yeah, I, or Sonic fans to see because one of the best things about Sonic is all of the oddities around it. So you said about the gems, the, the Sonic gems collection, which is at, at times quite the trawl because there there are some yeah because they're odd. Yeah, there are some odd things on there. But I think that that is the best side of Sonic. I I've got the other collection probably a couple of times. I've got it on the GameCube. Mm. I'm sure I've got yeah, several think, of the games on various other consoles. Well. Um, so I, I own Sonic all left, right, and center. What I don't own is those weird side projects like yeah. the Mean Bean Machine, and I would probably own that somewhere. But I don't. I didn't go out looking for it, and maybe I should have. Yeah. And this is in that category. This is a quirk of Sonic. This is Sonic going somewhere else. Yeah, it is because I think if you had a Game Gear when like, these came out, and you were a Sonic fan, you would have probably gone for. Sonic 1, Sonic 2, maybe Sonic Triple Trouble. There was yeah. um, Sonic Chaos as well. That was another pl- Sonic platformer that came out for Game Gear. Right. That, Tales... quite well... Oh, yeah, well, Sonic, Sonic Chaos was brilliant. Yeah. Whereas Tales Adventure, possibly a little bit more niche. Yeah. People still would have gone for it, though, because they recognise... Because of brand recognition, yes. wouldn't they? So Sonic fans would have gone for... And actually, that's something that we didn't uh, quite come to, because you said some interesting things about reviews. You said that the reviewers at the time they slated the game because it was they said it was so too at the, safe. Or at the time, they said that it was unoriginal and slow, which I totally disagree with. Really, frankly, yeah, I not the slow bit necessarily, but it's in relation to Sonic, isn't it? So they've they've got used to Sonic being this blazing fast, cool to to its detriment. Yes. actually, too fast in your opinion, in my opinion, <laughs> whatever. Uh, They've got used to Sonic being this one thing, and they are presented with a situation where he's not that thing. And I think their brain is struggling to get there to get around that. I don't think I don't think they're right. And I think that I'd be very interested to know what those same reviewers thought now, looking back. at like Mario Kart. You know, Mario's quite slow yeah. and plodding, and then soon he's in a car going quite yeah. fast. Yeah. yeah, I imagine that they would have balked at it. They feel like very conservative reviewers because <laughs> that game. It's not a bad game by any means. The slowness is more contemplative. There are puzzles in that game in the way that there aren't puzzles particularly in Sonic. And it's not about getting through the level fast. It's about thinking your way through the level. Exploring it, just enjoying the atmosphere of the game. Yeah, exactly. So who would you recommend it to then? I think, as I say, I'd recommend it to people that are particularly into Metroidvania-type games or Sonic games. Um... Or anyone that's really trying to delve deeply into games history. That's I think that's who I'd recommend it to. I don't think it's a blanket. This is a fun this, game. This Here everyone. you go. Slap it on a mo- on a mobile. We'll have a look at the price of it and discuss if it is worth the price of it or not. Why is it available? Yeah, it came on 3ds. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's the about that. Yeah, oh, I I'm assuming the 3DS store is, is still up and running. Uh, yes, it is, yeah. yeah. It's part of the eShop, I think, so we're, yes. we're safe on that. 
Um, yeah, I, that'll be that'll be an interesting look because if it's, do you want to put a price on it now? Just how much? Ooh, we I think it's going to be six ninety nine. Right, I hope six pounds ninety nine sterling. Yes. So what's that in dollars? It's about five. Like five dollars something like yeah. that. No, it's a bit at more this rate. Like Nine. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Because we are reaching parity with the euro at the moment. Reaching we? peak Brexit at the moment. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it might get. It might shoot up. Might yeah. Be, might be that six nine six pounds ninety nine is about what ten dollars. One dollar. I don't know how it'll go. No, I don't. No one knows where it'll go. No. So how much <laughs> at the moment? <laughs> let's get away from politics. Yeah. At the moment, how much do you think it will be? I, th- I would hope that it would be about three pound fifty. Really? Yeah. Anything cheaper? Yeah, it's a bike size. It's bike size, mm-hmm. isn't it? Okay. We'll find I, out. I think it will. Sega aren't that bad with pricing. I don't think. I think that they they do nice things like didn't for, for Sonic One didn't they do that thing where they added was it a three D effect or something bizarre when it came out on the on the three D on three D on three S of course yeah it wouldn't be on the Switch would it on three D uh, yeah I think they did there were a few games that they did yeah. they, Nintendo did Excite Bike for some reason no one was going surely no one was going back to play Excite Bike you hope not um, three pound fifty if okay. it was three pound fifty I could recommend it to people with certain interest happily. Any more than that, then. Really? Not sure. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hello. Thank you. Okay. I was going to say thank you for bringing that game. I, oh, you're welcome. It, it was genuinely... Genuinely as a light. Yeah, I was very Good. surprised. Yeah. When you put that... Because you thought Sonic forward. Ooh, no. And not not just that. I was surprised that you brought a Game Gear game. <laughs> really? Why? Yeah. I shouldn't have been surprised because it's your thing, isn't it? Game Gear. Yeah, my, my first Just console. Just because I didn't think that you would put my, I didn't think you put my electricity bill through such a <laughs> through such a, a workout. Yeah, yeah. Sorry for that. I'll, uh, I'll pay you back. It's okay. I'll buy a sales adventure if it's uh, three pounds six ninety nine. Oh, six ninety nine or lower. <laughs> oh no, I should have three fifty. Should yeah, no, it's oh, no. too late now. It's too late now. Can I swap it in for a different game? No. Ah, tells adventure or nothing. I'm not sure I want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Ashley. See you later. This Gameware is a Specky 2 Guys production. Music for the episode is provided under Creative Commons license by Stevia Sphere from the album Cell Division, which can be found at steviasphere.bandcamp.com.